Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Victoria Benyon, and the founder of the Victoria Benyon Podcast Booking Agency. And you're listening to The Best Guest, the podcast for business owners, creatives, and entrepreneurs who want to harness the power of podcasts to grow their platforms and increase their visibility. We're here to support you on your journey, bringing you actionable tips with each episode. Now, let's begin. Marie-Louise, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Can we talk a little bit about your story? Can you tell us a bit about you and what you do? Um, Yes, so I'm a branding and Canva design specialist. So I'm actually a trained branding expert. I studied branding and packaging many moons ago now. So I graduated in 2004. So I've been working in the graphic design industry ever since. And uh, first heard about Canva back in 2017, although it's been around a lot longer than that (laughs) and yeah I just love using it and working with small businesses in particular to create their logo designs and bespoke templates that they can use in Canva and uh, yeah getting themselves out there putting their message out there through really good branding. What do's and don'ts are there for creating branding and choosing colours? So I think people get a little bit confused as as to whether a logo and a brand, like what's the difference and maybe get a little bit too, I guess, sort of focused on the logo, whereas the brand is more encompassing of, as you mentioned, colours and fonts. It's the feeling that you put out there. I think with in terms of colours in particular, I think it's worth considering Well, first and foremost, it's making sure that what you're putting out there is appealing to who you want to work with, your ideal client. I think sometimes, particularly small businesses, they forget that step. Who who are they wanting to appeal to? So ideally, the colours that you pick are going to attract those ideal customers of yours. Or, you know, and I guess the other side of it is making sure that you've got enough contrast. So in terms of a design itself, you want to make sure that the text is clear and easy to read. It sounds obvious. (laughs) I do see quite a lot of things out there where you're like, hmm, they've picked a very sort of fancy font, I guess, and it's a bit hard to read. And all the colours maybe clash a little bit. I think there's so many great colour palette examples out there, you know, even if you just sort of use a search engine to look at it, look up particular colour palettes, you can find really good resources to to pick your colours from as well. I didn't know that. That's useful. So when people are using Canva, do do your clients tend to be on Canva often before you start working with them? Yeah, I'd say so. I think most people that I've come across now has used Canva to some degree. You know, some people have been using it a lot longer and feel quite confident in it and others feel maybe a bit bullied into mm. using it. Like, oh, everyone keeps telling me to use it. And I think it, it comes down to people's natural abilities with, you know, working with a program. I think, you know, certainly people who would identify themselves as being a bit afraid of tech and getting things wrong they're not very IT focused may struggle a bit with with all sorts of programs and technical stuff and Canva being one of them 
but I think it is very easy to use when you know how and I guess you could apply that principle <laughs> to anything really but yeah it, it varies some some of my clients are very you know very new to it and others have been using it a lot longer I think there's always stuff to learn you know I'm still learning they keep changing things <laughs> I still have to kind of figure it out and watch other people's tutorials here and there to be like oh okay so that's how they're using it and then thinking about how how I can make it practical or you know what's the context of how I might use a particular Canva tool so that I can then teach it to others that I work with. Oh excellent what kind of mistakes do you see people making with Canva? I think the biggest one is not really making much in the way of changes to the template so I think like with certain website themes, you can see when it's very much a template. And I appreciate there's there's only so many ways to sort of skin a cat as it <laughs> but you know, there's gonna be certain rhythms when it comes to design sort of patterns that you, and similarities. But I think when when someone uses a design and they don't change the colours, they don't change the fonts, they just leave it as it is the the problem with that is that you're not actually using the template to the best of its ability the whole point of it is that you can change it to change the text add your logo change the colors and all of that so when people don't change it at all that is a big no-no in my opinion because then you might as well have just grabbed any old image from the internet and just plopped that out there which people do as well <laughs> on social media I think the other no-no or, or trap that people using Canva fall into is thinking that every time they produce a piece of content, in particular, if you think about social media, that they, oh, I've got to use this template, I've got to use another, and they're finding a new template every single time and they're making more work for themselves. So I think by streamlining and I guess having some sort of plan as to what are you putting out there, so I have different types of content that I put out there. So I have my own template for my testimonial posts and a you know motivational quote and a sort of tip on Canva. And so it just means that all I have to do is change the content of it, the text or the image maybe, but I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel every time. And I think lots of people do kind of think, oh, I've got to create and create and it can be tiring yeah doing that all the time and actually it can have a negative impact on their branding as a whole because they keep chopping and changing so there isn't that continuity there isn't that consistency and especially if they're also combining it with not changing the fonts and colors then what they're putting out there is going to look a little bit erratic and there's not going to have that cohesion across what people are seeing you know coming out from you absolutely so podcast interviews and can give you quite a lot of content to repurpose for social media and it's something that our clients often do and canva can be a great tool to help you do this can you talk about creating audiograms like how do you go about these things quote posts and resizing for different platforms because they're all things you can do in canva aren't they yeah so I guess it's it's thinking about the different types of content that you're extracting from that interview. And the obvious one, as you said, are, are quotes, you know, 
things that you've said that will resonate. So I would say one thing is not to try and capture the whole quote, because it might be quite a long point that you make, you know, slightly for myself. <laughs> I know I like to waffle on a bit, <laughs> but like, if you can take the, the the most important part of that point and put that into a graphic so that you can have a text that, that, that isn't this war and peace when it comes to all the text that's there, you can still have the full quote, but in the text portion of your post that you're putting out there. So you can still get it across, but have a snippet of it. I guess the other thing that you could do is make a point of using the sort of more carousel type posts. So, for example, on LinkedIn, it's creating your sort of slides with the with a little bit of information on each slide, saving it as a PDF and then putting that into LinkedIn. That will give you that carousel look and feel. And then within Instagram, that's where we probably saw that idea first. It's just having those different slides as in images that you update. And, and then it just means that you're still getting a lot of information across, but you're doing it in a in sort of snippets. You're sort of feeding that information across without trying to put all of this big chunk of text in there. I guess it's also thinking about how to display that information. So if it's sort of facts or particular insights it could be turned into more of an infographic and canvas got lots of infographic templates and that can in turn be created turned into social media posts whether it's like a carousel type or it could be something that you share a point from that across the week or you know the month so there's ways to really expand upon the information that has been put that you're putting out it's just thinking about how can you represent that information in a more maybe visual way? There's lots of video content and in terms of the, the library of images and elements that Canva has, there's, there's a lot of stock library images and things and video that you could insert that kind of gives across, it relates to the content of what's being said as well. You know, so it doesn't necessarily have to be the person speaking to camera, especially if it's an audio only piece, but it can be made to look visually interesting by having that text or the voice coming across and then having some sort of moving image. Yeah, that's really good ideas. Thank you. <laughs> some hosts will provide guests with assets that they've created, but some don't. And I think that it maybe goes back to what you were talking about, that needing to create each time and do it fresh and it can seem a lot of work so if you were a host of a podcast and you wanted to get into the habit of just giving your guests some assets that are in canva could you talk about ways you could do this without spending hours and hours well i guess it comes down to having creating some templates that the person could insert their own image into so using the the image frame element so the, they can you can put an image within a shape whether that's something more simple like a circle or an arch or there's some quite snazzy ones in there including things like mobile phones and laptops and things like that so it's sort of thinking about well yes there's lots of templates within canva but you could adapt it and create your own version that is on brand and then i guess it means you can hand it over there's lots of ways that you can share templates 
So if you've got a pro version of Canva, you can share it as an actual template. And it means that when someone opens up your template, it's already a copy of it. So you're not linking it. Whereas if you share it as an editable file, the downside is, is that it's linked and someone will come along and they'll in effect overwrite it. It works very much in the same way if you think about like Google Docs and things like that, where you share it with someone and allow them to edit it, well, it, that document's linked. So ideally sharing it as a template that someone else can change and obviously with some clear instructions of how, like what do they need to change? So I guess at, at a bare minimum, their image of themselves, so their headshots, their name, how they want to be, you know, you know what their title is maybe and and I guess the title of their their talk or the podcast you know the the topic that it relates to so there's things that you could create a whole load of assets and things like that in terms of the resizing portion the resize is a pro only feature as well so you're if you're providing that to someone else like the guest to be able to do that it would be better to make sure that you have them already set up at the sizes you know, maybe cover a few bases in advance rather than you want to make things easy for everyone, both for yourself, but also your guests in that particular case. Yeah, absolutely. Because if it's too hard, people won't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, something I know that you talk to people about is headers on social media. Can you give us some tips on how to make the most of our headers? Yeah, so I would say the biggest tip is to check what does the header look like on a mobile phone versus a desktop. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're looking at it in, on a browser, I think people get very fixated on it, getting it looking right on one and not the other. I would also say when it comes to Canva, don't assume that if there's a template that you're working with, that it does work. <laughs> because I've seen examples in there that either... Maybe at one point they did work, but the thing is certainly Facebook in particular, they keep changing stuff, like they keep moving the profile. And also the size of the banners for, say, your own personal profile, if you're using your own personal profile on Facebook for business or both personal and business, that size of banner is different to LinkedIn and it's different to a group Facebook group banner and the page. They're all different and they operate differently, whether you're looking on a mobile. So you, you kind of need to be able to look at, check, are they working? And I know lots of people kind of tear their hair about it, including myself. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's so annoying so, when you've put a banner up and then your profile picture is blocking important words and then you're altering it. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess the, the tips sort of vary with each one a, a bit differently because, again, sort of what has been covered varies. But, for example, on LinkedIn, on your personal profile, you would have a picture of yourself in your profile picture, and it's normally to the left-hand side. So don't have anything important on the left-hand <laughs> yes. side because your profile looks bigger um, when someone's viewing your profile on a mobile so it's going to block a lot more so you could still have something that's visually interesting sort of more of a background kind of image or just a block of color but don't put any important text or anything like that so I tend to follow the the, the format of having 
having the logo on the far right when it comes to LinkedIn. So it's way away from, and you've got a nice balance between your headshot with the with your logo and then sort of maybe putting some a few bullet points so there's a rule of odd numbers that we like odd numbers i think it's to do with like patterns of nature and things like that so i would say try and sort of boil down to sort of say certainly with linkedin for example because it's quite a, a narrow you know strip as it were maybe having like three bullet points and think about what the call to action is that you want to put on your banner and that's the same for whatever banner you're putting out there you know you can use it as a bit of an advertising space so you can use it to highlight a particular you know program that you might be launching I know that you work with a lot of authors so having a sort of thumbnail picture of the book would be great yeah. And obviously there's different things that you can do with different ones. Like on Facebook, you can put a lot of information in the description of that image. So you can have clickable links in there. And so, you know, you can have all the, you can have your call to action quite visually put on your, your banner, but you can also include that, you know, those call to actions in the description with those clickable links. Oh, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all your tips today. It's been really useful. Can you let people know where they can go to connect with you? Yeah, so I'm on most platforms. I hang out more on LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram. So on LinkedIn, I'm just on my, as my name, Marie-Louise O'Neill. My business is Lovely Evolution. So you can see my company page there. Same on Facebook. It's Lovely Evolution there. I tend not to accept connections on Facebook unless like I kind of met them and know them. So if you do want to connect on Facebook, do drop me a message. And then I'm on Instagram as Lovely Evolution Design. But you can also search my name. That's linked on that as well. And I have a free Facebook group. I think last count I've got over 1.3 members. So it's called Lovely Canva Crew. So it's just quite easy to search on Facebook search bar and uh, yeah it's a great place to be able to ask questions particularly on canva or branding and design so i myself will will try and make sure to answer but there's quite a we're quite a supportive community so sometimes there'll be other people who'll get there first and kind of answer that question or if people are asking for feedback on a design you know other people will weigh in so yeah it's a really good resource i share my tips within there and it's a good place to ask questions yeah I can vouch for that (laughs) and in terms of sort of working with me I do offer Canva training so I've got a monthly membership it's called lovely Canva club there's a bit of a theme going on (laughs) with with my naming convention and then I offer various one-to-one services so whether that's logo and branding and also kind of one-off design So if someone's got, say, a lead magnet they need help with or sorting out those pesky social media banners, there's a lot we can do in a 60 to 90 minute session together. Oh, fantastic. I will put links to your website and your social media in the show notes so that people know how to find you. Thank you so much. Yes, I'm definitely, well, I'm here to help. (laughs) 
can get a bit overwhelming all, all of this particularly those getting started I think there's lots of different points we can get a bit stuck and overwhelmed with it. and I've been through all of those stages so I, I can sometimes relate. You know, you can spend hours and hours on something when you don't know what you're doing, can't you? And if you can just get some input from someone who has the knowledge, it can be sorted out so quickly. So, yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Best Guest podcast today. I'll talk to you again in the next episode.